It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm so excited because I have a good buddy of mine I've known for a long time, uh, Carl Hardwick, on with me today. And Carl is now the CEO at OPEX, but we met way back in the day in our CrossFit world here in Columbia. Uh, so I'm excited to dive into uh, to, to Carl's background and a little bit of OPEX. Man, how are you doing, buddy? Good, man. Dude, you, you said that. And uh, I was thinking back to like the Carolina CrossFit days and Gosh, doesn't that seem like 30 years ago? At this it point? does, man. It's great. It does. It's crazy how time flies, especially. I mean, now you're in you're in a whole different state. So we got uh, yeah, all the way across the country even. So yeah. uh, we were throwing. It's been it's been a little while since, uh, you know, that time when we got together. But I want to even step a little bit just so that people can kind of get a feel for for you and your backgrounds. You're going I want to step even further back uh, before that. And I know uh, you got some some college football in the background there. And then you got more traditional strength coach back uh, like work prior to some cross. So you talk to me a little bit about kind of, you know, how did you get into this health, wellness, strength world, man? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I'll keep this as short and concise as possible because I've had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of different uh, fitness seasons to my life, man. Um, So, you know, to keep it, to keep it as short as possible. Um, Classic story, man, right? Like, you know, playing sports as a, you know, 11, 12 year old kid and uh, getting into lifting weights because you realize that that can actually make you bigger, stronger, and faster. And yep. I just remember, uh, you know, watching some like this stands out like McGuire Sosa home run chase. Mm-hmm. I was like twelve when that was happening, and uh, you know these dudes are huge. This is before I knew they were juicing, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like seeing them in warm ups, and you know I lived in uh, the Chicago area, so I would go to a bunch of Cubs Cubs games and stuff, and see Sammy Sosa in his like Under Armour. I'm like, how the hell did that dude get so big? Yep. Right? And it's like, is he hitting all these home runs because he's so strong and fast and all that? So I got into uh, I got into lifting. Uh, like that year where it was just like, uh, you know, when I had no idea what the hell I was doing. So purchased the, uh, uh, encyclopedia of bodybuilding, which I'm sure, oh yeah, us, uh, still have that on our bookshelves and just started uh, quote unquote building training programs out of that thing based on what Arnold told me to do and did that for a few years and, um, you know, was huge into baseball and, uh, picked up football when I was 15, uh, more, a little bit more seriously. And, um, it just got really into, you know, the performance aspect and like the things that I was doing in the gym as a 15, 16 year old and 
sprouting up from like 150 pounds to 185 pounds as a 16 year old kid and feeling like uh, untouchable. Right. Um, yeah. So that kind of started that process to me, continued into college, uh, continued to play football in college and all of that. And, um, you know, that's, that's what I studied. I, I studied ex- exercise physiology and uh, thought I'd, I wanted to be like a division one strength and conditioning coach. And uh, one of my mentors, my first mentor in, in that world was uh, my college strength conditioning coach, which uh, again, a lot of us have ties to Charles Pollock when, and he was a really good friend of Charles's and college. I spent two summers in Rhode Island at the Pollock Wynn Institute, uh, did a couple of uh, internships there, met Charles, went through PICP one and two, um, all while playing football and studying in school and had like this vision and uh, fast forward, played in the CFL for a year and a half, got cut. So a year and some change, um, continued that, that uh, pursuit, graduated uh, university and uh Gosh, I'll just jump into the, the the next iteration of life where I wanted to uh, get into like the special operations community because I needed something else to challenge me now that sports mm-hmm. was gone. Um, and I welcomed it, right? So that was like 20, 2008, 2009, uh, started getting into like uh, functional fitness because I was getting ready to go into that special operations community. And that's where I found uh, James uh, and OPC. Mm-hmm around that time through that Poliquin tie, actually I had no idea who the hell James Fitzgerald was. I had no idea what the hell the CrossFit games was. And he was introduced to me as like the guy that won the CrossFit games last year. And I was like, what the hell is the CrossFit games? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was introduced to him. So kind of like got some of, the, of James's flavor into me the first couple of years of knowing him with OPT and, and all of that. And uh, those, that was like uh, pre CCP even. Um, yep. You know, did my military stint, spent six years in the military, um, owned a couple of CrossFit gyms, uh, had one in, in Alaska, um, then moved down to South Carolina to finish off my military career um, and uh, opened a few gyms there. As you know, met you guys, mm-hmm. uh, did the whole CrossFit thing, coached a bunch of athletes, coached a bunch of health and wellness clients, uh, turned that thing into an OPEX gym. Um, those, those ties to, to James and OPEX just grew, uh, a lot faster after that. And, uh, fast forward and, and I'm here today, man, coaching less people and, uh, having more meetings and mm-hmm. allocating, allocating more financials and all of that. But, uh, no, I'm really happy to still be in this world and, uh, push our mission forward and what we're trying to do at OPEX. Man, I love that. I, I, I love the you know, unique and diverse background that you bring to to this and to this space. Um, and, and so when I met you it was at uh, kind of that tail end of your military career. That's what, you know, when you were brought to to South Carolina. And, and uh, at that time, it was still like uh, uh, competing in CrossFit kind of vibe for you, you know, not only, you know, opening the gyms and training, but you're a you know, heck of an athlete back then, man. I, I distinctly remember watching you do, was the, I don't even remember the year, maybe 15 open, something like that. The one that had like the workout and then part B was uh, hit the clean and jerk afterwards. And I, I distinctly remember like a buzzer beater clean and jerk that I was like, damn, that was pretty awesome to watch. So uh, throwing it way back there. But um, uh, I, I love how that journey kind of took you full that circle. Workout, I remember bit. that workout. You were you actually were like, dude, after the, I think it was like the deadlift tota bar. Uh, was it like deadlift? A snatch maybe? Maybe like you had to snatch the same weight you were deadlifting or something? I can't remember. Snatch deadlift tota bar. So yeah. Like, and it's or something like that. And mm-hmm. then, yeah. Uh, one rep max. And 
Josh is there with his old ass uh, Reebok <laughs> lifters, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, dude, once you jump off, you just strap them up, man. And I was like, great idea. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, that man. A, yeah, that was a fun one, man. That was, a, that was yeah. the good days, too. That was like, that were the great days. That's a whole nother thing that we haven't really even talked about on here is that, like, you know, through that was a whole nother, uh, you know, different style of of training and competing and, and preparing athletes for another new iteration of fitness that really was honestly quite different in a lot of ways from the CrossFit space, even though a lot of the movements were similar and that, that threw another whole twist in kind of our backgrounds, having to train people for that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, that's, I, I, I love it. And that's what I've always enjoyed. Um, and I've been thankful that, that I got to, to know you at that time when you were coming, when thankfully the, the military, I know moving you around is always fun, but I'm glad it brought you to Columbia for a little bit because it gave us a chance to, 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 kind of start this journey where I've gotten to watch and learn from you in a lot of ways on how really watching how you've helped, uh, you know, have your gyms grow, but I've loved to see what you've been doing with these OPEX gyms. And that's really been a, uh, I would say like a, in influence and, and made me want to make our gym facility here better because I love how, uh, how you guys do things. And so for, for our listeners who don't know how an OPEX gym works, can you talk a little bit about the structure of, of how that differs from more of either your traditional CrossFit gym or your traditional around here, it's move, move fitness kind of thing, uh, your traditional global type gym. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, yeah. So it just aligns directly with our ideology, right? Where it's honoring the individual, um, so our gyms are based around the individual. Um, and you know, there's a bunch of models now that do it very similar to, to the way that we roll this thing out. Um, none that I've seen that do it exactly the way that we do it, uh, because we are, we, we don't steer away from that path of everything inside of that facility is done one-to-one. So you walk into an OPEX gym and, you know, there's a coach on the floor, there might be, you know, eight, 10, 12 people on the floor, doing their own thing while that coach is facilitating their training. You know, that person's pulling up coach RX and doing their, their training session for the day. And uh, that training session was developed uh, for that person by their coach. So, you know, there's some autonomy in there, right? It's like, you know, you don't need to go and change Sally's weights in the corner. You don't need to go and uh, you know, spot Josh's dumbbell bench press every single set, right? Like autonomy is in and you know those coaches are giving those clients what they're capable of and because of that they don't need to be babysat right but you know right. that in-person coaching is is very important so it's a spin it's a spin on uh it's a it's a new spin on personal training where you have the ability to build a, a client has the ability to build a really good relationship with their coach and get you know the exercise and lifestyle program that they need uh, to move them closer to their goals and that they're capable of performing prescribed to them by their coach training in a, in a group community environment, uh, just doing their own thing and being facilitated by a coach on the floor and still having the ability to connect with their coach on a monthly basis via consultation. Yeah. I love that, man. I think that, you know, I, what, what drew me to want to try to formulate something along those lines is probably similar to what you saw. It's like when coaching CrossFit classes, I've, I felt like I was having to to do that for every person anyway, you know, I, you know, because it would, you know, you could just see, you were trying to fit people into this program, this templated program in which it really wasn't necessarily appropriate in certain ways for that individual, because it did, like you said, doesn't, didn't align with what their goals were, what their current abilities were, what their, their training history and what they've built up to that point. Uh, It's, you know, not everybody needs to to do touch and go lights, power snatches for what their goals are. And so there's that, you know, we, I felt like that's what drew me to this a little bit and was 
you know, during CrossFit class, I'd have 20 people and I'd be <laughs> taking one programming and having to change it 20 different ways because all I could see is how it didn't fit. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I love what y'all have done. It's been a huge inspiration for us because I feel like it is more of like the not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, you know, I, I do love the CrossFit world. It's been so good to me, but I, I get so much more fulfillment as a coach. and I feel like our clients are getting so much more fulfillment out of more of a one to one type model. Yeah, definitely. And you know what, what, and, and it's like, you know, sometimes through trying times, you, you learn some things. And I think anyone, anyone listening to this, you know, could, mm-hmm. could, uh, could agree that 2020, 2021, have, that they've been pretty trying times, especially in the fitness world. Yeah. Um, and it, it almost affirmed a little bit, um, of what we're doing in the pursuit that we're trying to, uh, to get to right where, we're so, we're so, we're so keen on honoring, honoring that individual. We're so keen on our coaches building really good relationships with their clients and, you know, where we saw that really come into play uh, or really stand out, I should say, is over those trying times of like gym closures and people getting out of the industry and people not being able to serve their clients. And it was, it was really nice to see uh, our gyms as a whole grew over shutdowns. Our gyms grew over COVID. They acquired more clients. They retained a good percentage of their clients. And I'm not saying every single gym in our system grew 10x, but we saw some pretty good growth over that time. And, you know, just having conversations with our gym owners, it's like, what what was the difference, right? Like, what was the difference between what you guys are doing and what the gym down the street was doing? And they're just like, our people didn't leave because we still had the ability to serve them because we worked with them one-to-one. The gym down the street, they had to completely close down because they didn't have a service offering that they could give to each one of their individual clients. And those clients didn't have the autonomy to go off and do those things on their own. So it was almost like this accidental thing that happened where it was like, oh man, because we built that autonomy, because you built that great relationship, because in the way that you're you know, prescribing exercise and, light, exercise and lifestyle, it was good to see that your clients didn't have to be in front of you in your doors, in that brick and mortar for you to still serve them, to keep them healthy, to keep them moving toward their goals, to keep them sane in some instances. So it was a really, uh, it was a really eye-opening thing for us where, you know, we knew all that stuff, Josh, it was like, we want to build autonomy. We want to build great relationships, but then that happened. And to be honest, man, I remember the day it was like April, 2020, where we were at HQ here and we're like, what the hell is happening? What, mm-hmm. how is this going to affect everything? Right. Right. That was like the day after the NBA shut down and we're like, okay, this, mm-hmm. this thing just got serious. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, and all, all of our gyms in California had to shut down immediately. And uh, we were, we were kind of nervous, man. We we're like, we for sure. What it mean for us in the industry. And, you know, we saw some great growth in CCP. We saw some great growth in our gyms and we we're just like, okay, there's something to this, right? It's like, we, we knew, we, we obviously believe this, but now it's like, we're, we're even more all in on the relationship building, the simplifying of program designs, the simplifying of working with a, a, a client for them to be healthier and more vital. And uh, we've moved further away from, you know, the, the more performance piece of this thing, uh, which right. we, we started moving away from that you know, years ago, 2017, 2018, when we uh, really went in on OPEX gyms, because that's not who's in an OPEX gym. It's not a bunch right. of CrossFit athletes. There's some in some OPEX gyms, but the the uh, 90% is uh, the 
middle-aged avatar that just wants to look good, feel good and be healthy. Yeah, for sure, man. I think that, um, you know, we saw similar kind of, a similar kind of setup here. So we're concerned about, you know, what's going to happen with our gym here. You know, the, you know, thankfully the clinic side of things, we're able to stay open because we were deemed essential uh, within the state, but patient volume of course went down because even though we could stay open, patients didn't necessarily, you know, if they were apprehensive, didn't want to come in. So we did have to morph into doing some tele telehealth type stuff from a PT standpoint, but then also on the gym side, like what was going to happen. It was kind of a similar thing, like because these relationships have been developed and because those individuals saw what we were providing to the them as essential due to the, the rapport and the therapeutic alliance essentially that had been built up with those people. You know, our, our you know, we, we gained members during that time and, and you know, be, you know, we were, it was, it was awesome to see, but a big part of that too is having systems in place. And you mentioned something when you're talking there that I want to touch on and that's coach RX, which is something that's uh, unique because we, we use a, a platform that's similar that we've used for a while uh, in true coach. It's been, uh, you know, something that we've had for a long time, but now y'all went even a step further and to, to help implement your message method developed your own platform for delivering a lot of these uh you know these services of delivering your exercise prescription your lifestyle prescription your lifestyle prescription uh and, and you know created a platform to continue to build that relationship so so tell me a little bit about what, in, what went into that yeah man that was uh that was an easy decision <laughs> yeah uh, for us yeah i think that was god i think that was the first uh first big call that I had to make as the the CEO of the company. And I, I think I made that in the first week of taking over that role. <laughs> this is just an obvious hole that we have to fill immediately because uh, we use True Coach as well, right? Like mm-hmm. we had a great relationship with the founder of True Coach, uh, Casey Jenks. Um, True Coach was built, uh, Fitbot at the time was built. Yeah, yeah. Around, yeah it was built around uh, the OPEX methodology, right? It was, yep. like, it was built around... Uh, what our remote coaches were doing and you know Casey was being coached by one of our remote coaches and the development of that app was uh, uh, and we didn't build it for Casey he did the work but uh, we definitely consulted with him on a a weekly Uh, you know we were investors in that company and the whole nine and once they sold um, you know that was true coach was great even after they sold they honored all of the agreements that we had we still did everything on the remote coaching side through there. Um, but what we lost was that relationship that we had with Casey and that Casey there, that relationship with Casey afforded us to have some, uh, not some say, but a little bit of pull in what the roadmap with uh, true coach and what that thing looked like. And it was just uh, a bit unnerving. We were like, man, our entire system's built around this app that we don't have any control of. So right. that app decides to, and I'm not just talking about true coach here. It could have been any. Company. Yeah. Any of them. Yeah. There's yeah, a bunch if, of them. if that company was like, Hey, we want to pivot away from this one-to-one thing and we want to turn this into, you know, a template service, or we want to turn this into a Wattify, or we want to turn it into this or that we'd be back in Google sheets the next day. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was just an easy decision where we're like, okay, let's build this on our own. So gosh, man, what an endeavor it has been. Yeah. Uh, and uh, gosh, our, our development team just absolutely crushed the project. And we're still, we're still rolling with this thing. Like this app's going to get a refresh in the next two months and it's going to look completely different, but um, feature wise, it's, it's built to, to allow our coaches in the system to deliver what we want them to deliver very effectively. And that's, individual design. So, you know, you mentioned it, right. It's like, it was very important to us to put a lifestyle prescription feature inside of this thing. Right. That's what I always was really uncomfortable about Josh was like, 
you know, putting lifestyle prescriptions in an exercise calendar. I'm just like, what are we saying to the client when we do that? We're right. telling the client that this is an afterthought, right? Because they're pulling up their exercise and they're like getting like little nudges to do things that have nothing to do with exercise. And from a coach's standpoint, it was a little unnerving and just a little bit weird from our standpoint, because we really believe in BLGs and you need to attack those things really, really effectively first. Um, so that was a big thing. We wanted to put lifestyle tracking and uh, lifestyle adherence on the client side inside of the app. We also wanted to build it so coaches had the ability to keep up with their clients and consultations and check-ins and all of that in its own feature set and not just in a workout calendar. So yeah, we, we wanted to build CoachRx to be the best app of when it comes to one-to-one individual design and implementing that from a coach yeah. and client perspective and experience. So um, that's why we built the, that's why we built the app. Yeah, no, that is awesome, man. And, and you, you mentioned something I want to, I want to make sure uh, I actually want to get your thoughts on this too, a little bit and go through it. Um, you mentioned BLGs, basic lifestyle guidelines, and, and I have brought that up and we've talked about it on here so many different times. And I love that you, know, you mentioned it. Sometimes it's hard to track them in some of these other uh, formats or these other platforms in which we're delivering everything else. But, you know, that's to me, the training at most is maybe 15% of the whole picture. You know, if I'm, if I had to put a number, a percentage on it, you know, we're talking about the, the other 85% that is, is low hanging fruit a lot of times. And for me, it's trying to figure out a lot of times, not necessarily how I'm implementing those clients, but now talking to our clinicians who, who are, are, are listening to this on figuring out ways to implement that within our patient set. Because a lot of times I'm getting people that come in that have, you know, I, I, I again, you know, my thing is at first, maybe early in my career, somebody comes in, they're holding a Burger King bag, they're going to throw away and they're holding a big glass of, uh, you know, a big soft drink. And they, they might be visibly, you know, overweight at that time. And early on in my career, it was like, all right, how am I going to start with this person? Because I, you know, I look at it as an opportunity, like I have so much room to help this person, not with their mechanical shoulder pain. I'm going to get that feeling better. I know all the PT tricks for that part, but like, the changes in their lives that we can make on these other things. So the, the emphasizing BLGs in my practice has been huge. Uh, and so um, I wanted to just kind of pick your brain a little bit on, I know that there's a, a nice long list that y'all kind of put together of things that you deem are super important, but as clinicians out there who are maybe going to start trying to implement this into maybe some of their patients, what do you think is the easiest one to start with? Is, you know, is it sleep? Is it just talking about hydration? It's like, you know, if I'm taking this person from step from zero, play, you know, from set zero or zero percent, where do I want to, where do I want to start? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it has to, it has to happen in an assessment, right? Like we have to have an assessment for those things, just like we have movement screens to identify people's capabilities or incapabilities and in movements and patterns of movements. We also have to have that mechanism or a mechanism of assessment when, we, when it comes to people's lifestyle practices. So our assessment is a consultation. It's simply a conversation and it's asking the right questions. And, you know, without diving into all of those questions, I'll just pick on one. And I'm, I'm sure you've done this or you do this in your practice, in your coaching practice, Josh, like, have you ever asked the client, hey, um, we're, we're in person, we're on a whiteboard or we're on Zoom, I can go to the whiteboard behind me. I want you to walk me through a typical day for, for you from wake up to going to bed. 
And I want you to include all times you make trips to the bathroom. I want you to include um, every every moment that you eat. And, you know, when they talk about going to the bathroom, you dig deeper into that. It's like, what did that look like? Right. What did it feel like? Was it comfortable? Right. Things like that. Or, oh, I sat down and or they didn't even say I sat down. I ate dinner at this time. And it's like, okay, let's dig into that a little bit. Like, tell me your environment. What was the environment when you when you ate dinner? Were you sitting down? Were you driving in the car? Were you doing this? Were you doing that? And you can start to identify some things. And the things that we really want to identify is, and I'll kind of just list them off, right? It's movement. What kind of movement outside of the gym do our clients get on a daily basis, right? Are our clients going for walks? Are they moving blood every hour, every few hours? Or are they just sitting behind a desk for 10 hours and then going to the gym for 60 minutes and thinking life is good, they're getting enough movement in? It's movement. It's uh, it's poop, right? Which is an uncomfortable conversation for some people, uh, for some coaches or even clinicians, right? It's like, oh, is, is that kind of weird? Am I overstepping if I'm talking about a client's poop to them? It's like, no, absolutely not. If you make it uncomfortable, it's going to be uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. we can have conversations on quality of poop, right? It's like, oh, you had a bowel movement, um, you know, was it completely watery? Do you just have, is it diarrhea every time you go? And you have some clients that are like, yeah, every time I go, it's just extremely loose. Right. And they think that's normal. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's dig into that a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. On a daily basis, it's bowel movements, it's food hygiene. Like I just talked about, like, what are you doing around your meals? It's uh energy. It's like, have you ever rated? So you, you walk through like, oh, usually at two, I feel like taking a nap. So I don't take it. Instead, I take a walk. It's like, okay, why is your energy really low at, at two o'clock in the afternoon every single day? So let's talk about energy. It's talking about hydration, right? How many times do you drink water? How many ounces of water? How many liters of water do you drink on a daily basis? And you're just kind of assessing as you go through. It's, uh, you know, quality of food. So nutrition is a big piece there. Uh, but we start with quality before we go to, um, quantity and getting into, you know, macro prescriptions. It's like if someone's eating Snickers bars, protein shakes, and, uh, <laughs> uh what's another, what's another like quest bars, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Daily basis. It's like, maybe you start there. Um, it's sunshine, right? It's like, how much sunshine do you get on your skin on a daily basis? Um, and it's sleep, sleep quality. When do you go to sleep? How do you feel when you go to sleep? How long does it take you to fall asleep? How many hours before midnight do you get to sleep? All those little things. So it's an assessment, Josh, but it's a conversation, right? And it's just having that list of things that you want to hit on and identify. And you said such a beautiful phrase of like low hanging fruit. It's our job to identify what that low hanging fruit is. For instance, someone's like, yeah, I walk about 20 minutes a day. And you're like, Ooh, but I want you to walk 25 minutes a day. Is that low hanging fruit? Probably not. They're probably doing okay. If someone's like, I'm drinking 30 ounces of water per day. And you're like, gosh, you're 180 pounds. You should probably be drinking about 90 ounces of water per day. That's low hanging fruit. I can add right. you know, some prescriptions there to get you um, up to an adequate uh, fluid intake number. So um, it's identifying that low hanging fruit through conversation. And it just takes reps, right? It takes reps as yep. a clinician, knowing the questions to ask, knowing what outcomes you're trying to get to and uh, identifying through conversation what that low-hanging fruit is because sometimes the low-hanging fruit is the thing that's the easiest for that person on the other side to implement, right? right. And that that's, gosh, I love the idea of always being able to look at someone's face when I ask them a question because imagine right. if we turned our screens off, Josh, and I was like, hey, Josh, how do you feel about you know taking in an extra 30 ounces of water per day? And you're like, yeah, I feel great about that. 
But if I look at you, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel great about that. Like there's like some reservation there that might not be low hanging fruit for you. Yep. So it's like, okay, maybe let's not start there. Um, yeah. But no, that wasn't like a do this, do this, do this. But I think it's an assessment through a conversation, understand what you want your outcomes to be and build some repetition in doing that and having those consultations. I love that, man. And you're, you're exactly right. I think the uh, going in with a little bit of a plan into like it, you know, what you're going to talk to that person about, like uh, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to, if you're a clinician, you've never done this to just like suddenly bring it up in conversation at first. It's going to be difficult because it's going to be new for that person. So like on my evaluation sheet, like I have that I'm, I'm running through with each person, very similar to an assessment that you might do with a new client, you know, on there, I have a section on nutrition, on sleep, on stress management, on all these different categories. And I have written in there examples of questions I might ask and how I might phrase them and and that kind of thing, because I want it to be comfortable because it does need to be a conversation. If you want somebody to open up to you, you know, this is the first time I've ever met somebody. They're coming in because their shoulder hurts and they got a prescription from their physician to come to Vertex for physical therapy. And so they're coming in thinking we're just going to be working on their shoulder. And I've got to find ways to tactfully, uh, uh, you know, bring up these conversations and also frame them in in a way on how those are relevant to their shoulder issue and not only how how they might be contributors or underlying contributors to what's going on with their shoulder but also how working on those is only going to help us going forward to not only address their shoulder but also you know i like to use use a phrase from my buddy jeff mormont it's like i want to know how fit they're going to let me get them you know like i want to know how much you know you know you're going to let me get you or how far you're going to be able to get with this beyond just the shoulder or the back or whatever you're coming to see me for. Um, and, and the big thing I have that I get told whenever I talk about this with the condition is time. Like, well, how do I have time to do this with people? I've got, you know, a 30 minute visit or I'm double booked or all these different things. And for me, if that's your scenario, you feel like you don't have time, you may need to reevaluate your, your current work scenario because it's, it, it, you need time. You need to have uh, you know, this carved out as part of what you're going to do with somebody. So if you're in a situation where you don't feel like you can implement them, it might not be that you just want to not talk about it. It might be you want to evaluate your situation a little bit more and figure out how can I have more time. Um, and, and so for me, I, I'm with you. I think it needs to be in person. I have some people that give forms like our evaluative forms where people can write on them pre-visit so they might have some information, which I, I get the value of that from a time perspective, but there's nothing like having a conversation, man. There's not, it's not, it, yeah, you get so much deeper. You get so much deeper with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the form thing. Cause the first thing that came to mind when you started, you know, rolling on that was like, uh, the first phrase that came to my head was intake forms are lazy, right? They're mm-hmm. lazy and they're archaic, very, very beneficial. Like we still have an intake in our intake process. We still have intake forms, but I don't know if you remember in the old CCP, that intake form was like 15 pages long. Now it's oh, yeah. Like, now it's like eight questions long and that's, yep. that's on purpose. And the reason is it's like, we're not trying to dig every piece of information from a client through an intake form. We need to do that through conversation in an initial consultation. So in our system, every client that comes through gets 60 to 90 minutes of a conversation to start that, that relationship with their coach. Nice. And we just found that when that intake form was very lengthy, coaches were actually depending on that intake form to give them the information they needed that in now we say all that intake form is there for is to identify some red flags and to give you better context going into the initial consultation so you're not starting that initial consult uh quote unquote cold but um yep. the intake forms i think they're really important i think they're beneficial 
But if you're a coach or even a clinician that that relies on them, I think that's just lazy, right? And and For I sure. some don't have time, but if it's important to you, you need to m- make that time in your practice if you actually want to dig dig in deep with uh, with your clients. No, that's one hundred percent, man. And our intake form is is similar to what you're talking about. It, it gives us a starting point in terms of there are like some medical history things that are some check boxes because that's going to prompt me to ask further questions on that because if that a lot of times people you know they may have had some condition 10 years ago they don't think about it daily so if i just ask them if there's anything else going on they might not bring it up so it might prompt some questions but you're right i don't really ask them about their sleep i don't really ask them about their nutrition or or anything about their work day about any of that in their intake form like that's going to be part of our conversation once i have you back in a treatment room where we have again i've got i thankfully at least have an hour with them to start with and, and that hour is going to maybe have some, uh, you know, objective assessment, you know, we might be actually, yeah, we got to look at that shoulder. Somebody's coming for a shoulder issue. I keep going back to that example, but a lot of that is going to be talking and it's going to be, you know, trying to get to know a little bit more about where that person is today. What, you know, I love how you mentioned their work day. I love, I use that question too. I still, you know, if somebody watched me practice with my patients, they would, they would, they have a hard time differentiating, differentiating that between me as a coach implementing a lot of these OPEX characteristics too. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm doing that same thing. I want, I want to have them talk me through a little bit more about their day and a little bit more about, you know, um, like their perception about how they're doing and how different things are going. And then, uh, you know, me being able to then use that as a prompt and like a springboard for, for the next thing. Um, but, you know, I, I love how you also mentioned the low hanging fruit might not necessarily just be the thing that's most far away from baseline. I think too often we see that and it's like, Oh, well, this is so far away from what it is. I need to, that that's the biggest priority. A lot of times it is more about what, what's going to also be easiest and for them to implement. So that way we set them up for success because then that's just going to snowball. You know, if I give them something that maybe, yeah, it's pretty far away from baseline, but I know it's going to be very hard for them to make significant progress early on with that based just on where they are when they're coming to me. But there's another goal of something else I'm going to want to prioritize as well. That's a little bit closer to where I want it. And they seem a little bit more capable of implementing that. If I can set them up for success and get wins early on, that's going to snowball for those more difficult things later on. So um, I love that you kind of mentioned how to evaluate what the low hanging fruit is. Yeah. It, uh, just to to use some baseball language, because I know that's your language. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. You start, you start, uh, you start working with a kid for the first time in baseball. It's like, what are you going to do with that kid to make them fall in love with the sport, to build confidence with them? Mm-hmm. Are you going to throw, uh, you know, an 82 mile per hour curveball, or, <laughs> or are you just going to lob that thing up to them and let them get a couple really good strokes on that thing? Right. It's the same idea. Um, with clients, you need to, you need to build in some wins, right? You need to build in some wins yep. in lifestyle. You need to build in some wins in exercise. And when we get into exercise prescriptions, even right, like coaches want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say all coaches, a lot of coaches want to just use everything that they know right away. Um, yep. what does that mean? It's like, you know, I'm working, I'm going to keep mentioning Sally. This isn't a real person. It's just the first name. That comes <laughs> in my head. Uh, you know, Sally comes into your gym, you onboard her. She's super excited. She heard you're the best coach in in, uh, in your community and you write awesome training programs. It's like there might be pressure on that coach to like get really sexy right off the bat, mm-hmm. right? It's like, we're going to do some clusters. We're going to do some drops. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, why don't you just do some, you know, goblet squats and FLRs with Sally for a couple of weeks, build some wins with her, 
right? Mm-hmm. Get her really confident and coming back and feeling good about herself and then use that more advanced stuff a little bit down the road. Or if we're looking at like lifestyle, right? It's like, if we see a huge discrepancy and maybe Sally's not 100% confident in executing on your, you know, advanced lifestyle prescription that you have for her, maybe that's like, you know, some intermittent fasting with like, you know, nailing these macros and doing this. It's like that shit might work for her, but maybe you need to just give her that low hanging fruit and have her drink enough water for a couple of weeks and, you know, log that stuff. And you guys can high five in your first console. Cause she's been 85% compliant instead of, you know, 45%. Uh, if you were to give her that, uh, complex stuff. Yeah. But Carl, that doesn't look good on Instagram. <sighs> I know, man. <laughs> that, that stuff's know, not the cool. I do. <laughs> oh, you see in the PT world all the time, man. It's like the basics are not bad. Like there's not like getting somebody really strong and getting them moving really, really well it is, is needed most of the time. It doesn't have to be what's the coolest variation I can come up with. That's going to look great for the Instagram post I'm going to do later this week. You know, uh, and I see it in the coaching world and the clinician world, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times our, our team, like when we have team meetings, we'll, we'll kind of get to like the, the marketing part of it. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have, we'll have our team like come on and be like, Oh yeah, we're got, we're kind of getting some pushback on some things on Instagram because mm-hmm. uh, we're saying this, that, and the other. And it's like, Hey, you know, we, we all agree. we got to stand packed on the simple stuff. It might be boring, right. It yeah. might be, uh, you know, poo-pooing on the more complex ideas and stuff like that. Cause I mean, we, 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 we play in that game a little bit, right. It's like, you yeah, know, yeah. We, say some controversial things uh, that go against uh, you know, the culture, the culture of today, but that stays true to like just really basic principles. And it's like our goal, it's like, you know, someone goes on our stuff, you know, they can, they can read what we're putting out and they can kind of uh, a, they can understand it, which is really important. Right. And B the things that we put out, they need to uh, they need to connect with, most of the people that are reading it and seeing it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think some people, they put stuff up. Um, and I, I don't even mean just like on social media, I just mean in education, uh, whatever their platform is, um, you know, they talk over people's heads, right. They don't, they don't simplify things. And I think that's, that's natural though. Right. Josh, it's like, sometimes mm-hmm. we do that because we want to feel like the smartest person in the room or the smartest person in the, uh, now, now we can start saying metaverse, right? Since uh, yeah, the metaverse. <laughs> since Zuckerberg coined that thing, yeah. Uh, or we're the smartest person in the metaverse, right? So, um, I think there's some some underlying stuff there, right? But I think there's a lot of power to simplicity, right? Yeah, and I love. I mean, that's that's my favorite thing about the the methodology at OPEX and how it lines with a lot of what I'm trying to do as a clinician too. So it's not just, you know, that's why I stress to clinicians. I get asked, we get asked all the time resources for continuing education um, from clinicians and coaches alike. Like what allowed Brandon and I to get to this point um, to, to have had some, you know, well, I guess I would consider mild success, I guess, uh, within the coaching and and, and treating world. And and a big part of it comes back to, you know, education that's going to help you be able to um, provide like the the I was trying to decide how I word this, be able to help the the most people, the, the biggest number, the greatest number of people or the highest percentage of people that walk through your door, right? There's so many things, like you mentioned in the education world where it's like, yeah, you're learning some really cool things or some really advanced things that might be appropriate for like that top percent, or like maybe you're going to take that person from finishing in the, to use CrossFit world, like finishing, you know, uh, 
10th at a semifinal to make me on the podium next year. And, and, and that's super cool, right? And that's your world and you're that you're operating in that, in that space. That's, that's awesome. And it's fun space to be in. That's great. But when we talk about the, the bulk of people who walk through our doors, either as clients or as patients, uh, you know, that stuff is, is so far in the future for them and probably not even necessary ever for them based on their goals. And, and I, and so I try to point them towards like, what's going to help them with the basics. And that's what drew me to OPEX in the beginning. Um, was back before CCP was was uh, CCP when it was or before it was a cohort I should say. Um, yeah. I remember going out and, and meeting James in twenty I think it was twenty fourteen to do assessment and program design modules by themselves and, and going out there and having my mind blown like that that was a whole new way to look at fitness and and so I do want to kind of bring up CCP and let you talk a little bit about like maybe uh, a, you know the structure of it because it's changed since then it's changed since I started it where it was like five modules and you did one each one when you were ready for it kind of thing and now it's kind of lumped all together and I love that because it you need all parts you know and so uh, can you talk a little bit how how does CP does CCP work for in the current structure and, and then how might it be appropriate for, I love how to tie it, if you can tie it into like how a clinician who maybe isn't working with people in the gym setting, how it can still probably be beneficial to them working with, with patients to be able to improve their outcomes with patients. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually do have a, a decent amount of clinicians that come through the program and that come through yeah. our cohorts and uh, cohorts. Uh, that That's the difference uh, between, you know, when you went through it in 2014 to now it's um, you're going through the entire program. We used to, you know, sell this thing like assessment and program design and nutrition and life coaching and like coaches was, would piecemeal. And what we realized when we pulled the data was like, you know, out of the thousands and thousands of CCP coaches we had, it was like 80, 75 to 80% of them were only assessment and program design because that's what coaches think they need. Um, but those coaches that dug into the other aspects of like life coaching and, um, the professional aspect of this thing, or, you know, anything outside of that assessment and program design, they're like, okay, that was the mind blowing stuff. It wasn't necessarily how to write exercise prescriptions, but the way that we lay it out now is we do 12 weeks of, uh, of a cohort. So it's, we just call it coaching mentorship. So you get into the program, um, you know, on our learning platform, LearnRx, you go through the entire program in its an entirety, but you're, you're going through it with a cohort of people. So there's one call that's two to, we extend it out to three hours, I must admit, uh, most weeks, uh, two to three hours uh, every week for 12 weeks. Um, you know, James and I take the first call, we call that the kickoff, and then James takes uh, the next eight calls. And then I wrap it up with the OPEX method in the final three calls, but essentially CCP is broken into a couple different modules. So someone comes into CCP, they go through our pre-course reading. So that's just to give people a baseline understanding from a scientific perspective of behavior, exercise, and nutrition. So they go through our pre-course readings that kind of sets them up for that. And we've design that. So we use CCP language in those science readings. Uh, so it's a different way to look at anatomy and physiology and the nutrition, the science of nutrition and uh, behavior nutrition protocols. After that, we have all of our coaches go through a self-assessment and that self-assessment we've designed uh, 10 training programs that essentially encapsulate what they're going to go through in exercise program design to give them a taste of, you know, this is what it's like to experience all three energy systems. This is what it's like to exper experience 
uh, going through the tr- the strength continuum appropriately. This is what it's like to experience a touch and go uh, high hang um, squat snatch where most people can't do that. It's like, oh, do you understand why you probably shouldn't give this to every one of your clients? Mm-hmm. Because it looks good on paper, but maybe, you know, as you're experiencing this stuff and, you know, as, as they go through that program, we have program notes and stuff like that to give them context as to, you know, what they experienced and give them an opportunity to uh, self self assess their, their uh, capabilities or incapabilities. And then we get into the meat of the, uh, of the program. So we break it into the coach, the client and the professional. See what I did there? CCP. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the coach, that's all principles. So you're learning principles of exercise, nutrition, and behavior. Then you go to the client, you're learning how to implement those principles with the clients that you're working with. So you're actually going through movement screens, you're going through mock consultations, you're designing training programs in CoachRx, you're, you're actually doing that. You're you're doing what you learned in the theory aspect in the coach and the client. And then the professional, you're learning to, you know, wrap a profession around this thing, whether that's if you're doing this as a uh, sole proprietor and you're, you know, online and you have your own LLC, or if you have a, you know, a, a robust gym with six coaches under you, we, we lay out some really good principles of, of things to consider and some things to implement to uh, make this whole thing a profession. After a coach goes through that, then they turn in their final project. So the final project is just proving to us that you can actually do this thing with five individuals. So you're going through the entire OPEX method for four weeks with five individuals and uh, you're turning that in. And uh, yeah, we grade that. And once, once you pass that, you're stamped as a CCP coach. That's awesome, man. And I, I've yet, and that's one reason I keep pushing, you know, or, you know, putting this stuff out there um, is the comprehensive nature of that. It, it's hard to find that because most things are geared around one of those aspects. You can go and do a nutrition specific course that maybe has just the science part of it, but it might have the science and maybe some application, or you go to an exercise prescription type course or a movement screen type, you can go take SFMA, you can go take, you know, something like that, that, that maybe gives you some principles there, but, but a, the, the difference between, you know, learning the actual content and applying it is uh, there's a huge disconnect there. I find with a lot of people, people leave some of these courses either online or in person. And they're like, you know, I know all these things, but what am I going to do on Monday when so-and-so walks through the door for the first time? And, and and that disconnect, and even as a clinician, you go to a course and you learn a new manual therapy technique or you learn needling or you learn whatever it is, and you're like, okay, but how am I going to actually implement that into practice? And so I, I've always appreciated that about CCP, about how it took the it, it took the underlying principles, the science behind things. But then it's like, all right, now that's this, this is the real world. How are we going to make that fit into this? And, and, and so I've always appreciated that comprehensive part. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely evolved as a program. It will continue to evolve, but um, it's definitely evolved. And, you know, we, we take learnings every single year and we're like, okay, mm-hmm. how can we make this program better? And by better, all we mean is more understandable and can a can a coach go through the program, implement with those five clients right after call 12. 
And that's mm-hmm. what the last three calls are wrapped around. It's it's pretty fun. So we take, uh, I'm still waiting for you to jump back into this thing. I know, I need to jump in that cohort. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So we, uh, you know, we have a bunch of coaches on the call and we go through avatars and we do breakouts and coaches get to know each other. They get to design training and lifestyle programs and they get to look at this person going through an assessment and go in and like build priorities and all of that. And they're working in Coach RX. And by the end of uh, call three, they have, a uh, 12-month uh, long-term plan or a macro cycle built out. They have a bunch of meso cycles and they have a bunch of program designs and lifestyle designs for this one avatar. And getting the context from us and getting the context from all the other coaches on the call, it's just such a, a really good experience. And gosh, man, every time I take, uh, you know, 100 plus coaches through that every quarter, it's, uh, I learn a bunch uh, hearing yeah. their, uh, hearing hearing how they would implement or, their experiences in implementing with something similar. It's, it's always, uh, it's always a lot of fun. Yeah. That, yeah. I can't, I can't wait to jump back in. I've needed to for a while and uh, I'm, I'm bumped to, to get a chance to do that. And uh, so if you're listening, you want to jump in in January with me, we'll have a little, we'll have a little fun. Um, but the, uh, the other thing I want you mentioned, you threw in there. My next thing is a great segue was uh, learn RX, which is a, a whole new venture that I wanted to make sure we touched on. Cause this is, is cool. Cause I'm a big fan of, masterclass for everything else. I've taken poker, my, I've taken chess, I've gone through wilderness survival, I've gone through um, smoke, how to smoke meats. Like I've gone through like all these different things under masterclass. And so if you don't know what masterclass is, it's an, an app that uh, basically has all these, uh, you know, what I call them, like mini courses or mini series in it. And you can learn from experts in so many different realms on any topic you can think of. And so it, I, I can't believe it never dawned on me how great it would be from a fitness standpoint to have the same kind of setup. But, but Thankfully, y'all thought to do that because, um, you know, the way the way LearnRx is, is structured is essentially, you know, a, a similar kind of idea that gives, brings you all the relevant coaching content you, you could potentially want into one easy to use platform. So uh, I know you guys just unveiled that. I don't even think I've mentioned what that is on the on this in any of our talks yet. So can you give me a little bit of a breakdown of kind of what is LearnRx and and how do people, you know, get started with it? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, great setup. You did a did a great job kind of explaining what that thing is. It's very, uh, it's uh, I, I think the best way to explain it is it's the master class for fitness, right? So yeah. everything, everything on the platform is fitness related. Everything is smaller, bite-sized classes that anyone can just jump into. And, you know, we have to always, the, the question I always ask myself is who the heck are we serving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're serving we're serving everyone in this that has any interest in fitness. Um, CCP doesn't serve everyone. CCP serves someone that wants to go all in in coaching, or they want all of the knowledge to go all in in coaching, but not everyone wants that. And that's okay. So CCP is always going to be our flagship. That's going to be what we do. LearnRx was a great opportunity to build something where someone that wasn't quite there or didn't know that they were there had an opportunity to get into and sink their teeth into and learn a bunch of different aspects inside of fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, all of that. So um, that's what we did. Um, So we built this thing. Um, We have a bunch of great instructors inside of it. I think we're at like 30, 35 instructors inside of the platform right now uh, with smaller bite-sized classes that are released every week. And, you know, anyone from a seasoned CCP coach uh, that they can go in just like, you know, refine their skills and their knowledge and all of that. And, and, uh, take these classes to someone that's just, uh, I like, I like to call them like lifelong learners. 
someone that's just mm-hmm. like really interested in this stuff, but they're like, Oh, I don't want to like coach. Like I have this other job, but I just love fitness and everything around fitness. They can come in the platform or they're in the platform and they're, they're consuming the content and they're getting a lot of good value out of it, not to go and, you know, implement it with their clients, but just for their own knowledge, because they're that lifelong learner type. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what learn RX is. It's the master class of fitness and uh, it's very digestible uh, topics in a very digestible way, very high quality, uh, very, very, it's set up very close to how we're used to consuming content now, which that was a big thing for me. It was like, we're used to going on, you know, Netflix, we're used to going on HBO max. We're used to going on these, like, you know, very user-friendly streaming platforms and yep. entertaining content. But when it comes to education, it's like, why does that have to be clunky? Why does it have to not look good? Why does it not have to feel good? So that was the goal there was to create an education platform that is very similar to what we're used to consuming and how we're used to consuming content and make that available for the fitness coach or the lifelong learner that wants to dig into fitness. Uh, to get into that thing, you just go to learnrx.app. Uh, we have a couple different ways where people can uh, kind of test out what's on the uh, on the platform. So we have a free service, which uh, we have a couple classes that people could just sign up for a free account and they can consume that. Um, and then once people are ready to uh, dive in, you could just uh, go ahead and subscribe and consume all of the classes that we have on there. And uh, our we're to get 50% off of that first month, just use promo code uh, learn 50. You could actually get nice that first month. That's awesome, man. No, it is so cool. Cause I mean, that is like you mentioned, like I consider myself, uh, I probably fall into, you know, not necessarily when it comes to fitness, but into, I fall into more that lifelong learner part of a lot of other areas. Like I want to be able to sit down at the poker table when I go to Vegas with some buddies and know what I'm doing, or I want to be, you know, be a little bit better at when I'm hosting the barbecue at my house, be able to, to do that, you know, to perform a little bit better there or whatever it might be. And like, I don't really play chess, but it's kind of cool to see all the, the different openers and different things that they're going through. And so, you know, the person it's perfect for that person because, you know, that's what master class has been for me in those other areas. And, and so I love that it can be that for the health and fitness world um, for people who are maybe more that lifelong learner. But I also like that if you are more of the, the professional in a certain area, um, there, the range of topics here is huge. And it's so cool to have a place you can go and be like, all right, I have like, for me, I'm thinking, you know, as a coach or as a, as a clinician, I have somebody that comes in with more of, you know, a, a mechanical shoulder pain. I keep going back to shoulder and and it's limiting their ability to, you know, continue their current fitness regimen for whatever reason. And now I have just another resource where I can go in and I can look and be like, all right, well, this is talking about how, you know, how I can, you know, adapt certain exercise type things around the shoulder here, or this might be looking at like more of an assessment tool related tool. This is more BLG stuff that also might be appropriate for this client. I can also tailor it to what I'm seeing. Um, so it's kind of a cool platform. And once somebody goes through some of these mini courses, I think they're going to realize that it's a, it's a really nice way to consume information and, and make it manageable to where you feel like, okay, that was, that was to the point. That's what I needed. I can use that tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just some, some classes that, cause dude, I'm on this thing and I'm like, I'm, I'm learning from these. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> fun to kind of approach it from a user standpoint. I think that's super important because I would fall into that. I would fall into our avatar, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. to me, I would have to find this thing beneficial for me to think that anyone else would find it beneficial. Cause I'm like, I would kind of fall into that target market for this thing, but 
you know, we just, uh, I just went through a couple of classes. Um, one was, uh, uh, Brandon Wilton. He's out of, uh, South Bend, Indiana. And he, uh, he did a task management and, uh, coaching efficiency class. And it was so solid. Um, mm. it was good. He, he like reinforced some things. I learned a couple of new things in there. So that was, that was really good. Um, and then Melissa Guitron, she owns uh, an OPEX gym in San Mateo, California. She uh, did a prenatal nutrition and supplementation course that was just outstanding, very bite-sized, very like to the point, understandable, wasn't over my head because uh, I don't live in that world, right? Right, right. Good. And then uh, we had another guy, um, he did an oxygen advantage class, Andy Ewington, and uh, that was just good. It was just like the art of breathing, how we can use breathing to uh, maximize everything that we're doing with with ourselves and our clients and stuff like that. And those were three of the latest ones I went through that were, uh, that were super cool. They were interesting little bite-sized classes. That's awesome, man. No, and I'm so waiting cool. for, uh, Josh Jeffries to, uh, yeah, I know, I know I've got, I've got, I've got topic in mind. I'm putting together the the proposal to go talk with Georgia about too. Uh, so, uh, hopefully we'll see, see me in there at some point, man. It's such a cool platform. It's such a cool idea. And, 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 and that's, you know, it's just another thing that I appreciate is the, that that is a new iteration of like the membership site. And so there's always been this kind of membership site within OPEX when you take in, um, you know, courses or things like that, or you join the membership site and there's forums and there's a lot of ways you can ask questions and things like that. But it's, it's like you mentioned, it's always, everything's growing. You're trying to make it more adaptable and more, uh, you know, user-friendly and and efficient. And it seems like this is going to be, you know, an even more efficient way to get the information you're looking for than even the membership site was, which I enjoyed the forums, like and having the forums to go into, but I'm excited to, to have more of this new platform because, yeah, we, we have short attention spans, man. Being able to hop on and watch those these short little video series, like I feel like that's going to work for me really, really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and we still have uh, we still I mean we we refresh the forums and that's still a big part of this thing, right? So good. Yeah, I mean our CCP coaches are still in there, and uh, you know they're they're super active in the forums, and we have forums for every class and all that. So yeah, the community aspect and the forums are still a, a big piece of this thing. Yeah, I'm excited to have the the opportunity because I know it's it can be a little daunting for especially my clinician friends who are like, you know, trying to figure out what con ed they're going to do and things like that to be like, all right, the CCP is a it's a a big source of information. Like you mentioned, it's 12, these 12 calls, there's a final project, like, and while I know the value of that kind of thing, and because, you know, and, I, and I'm trying to push that value, I love that they're going to have an opportunity now to maybe use the LearnRx platform as a way to see kind of like, well, this is the kind of content you're going to be getting and the quality that you're going to be getting and, and some of the, the the similar concepts that are, maybe they're being expanded upon now. It's like, hopefully that is also even a way to drive people to be like, all right, now they want the full piece. They want that, that flagship program, as you mentioned. So, I'm excited to basically like, all right, just trust me, sign up for one RX, go through a couple courses. You'll want to sign up for CCPA after that. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a great touch. Just, uh, just to get a feel of like, what are these people about? And, uh, you know, how do they set up their education? Is it, is it, uh, is it user-friendly? Um, do they have a clean platform, all that? And that stuff is important to me. It, it used to for not sure. me, but like, how fluid it is to go through something is now something I look at when I make decisions on purchases or getting in a platform and stuff like that. Cause it's like, we're all busy. Right. But it's like, I don't mm-hmm. have to, you know, spend 15 minutes to figure out what I'm doing before I'm doing that thing. Um, mm-hmm. That's what so many companies have done really, really well um, from like consuming books on audible to, you know, consuming, you know, 
easy to find and recommended shows on Netflix to, to all of that. That's what those companies are doing really, really well. Um, we just got to catch up in the fitness industry. Yeah, for sure. No, man. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you breaking down all those things. because I feel like I throw these terms out there a lot um, in terms of I say OPT or say OPEX or say CCP, different things. I know we have listeners that come in and out and maybe haven't listened to all 150, 60, whatever episodes we've done. I have to look at the number. I don't even remember where we are right now. Uh, I took a little COVID hiatus there uh, for a little bit. So uh, I have to look and see what number we're at at the moment. But, um, you know, it, it, yeah, I know there are probably some people who haven't really heard much or don't know much about OPEX and what y'all are about. So I appreciated the opportunity of, of getting you on here to to elaborate on that and just talk, just chance for me to talk with you. I had a chance to to talk with you in a little bit. So it's been fun catching up a little bit, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I need to uh, I need to make that trip happen and get back out to uh, Columbia. I have, mm-hmm. so, I have so many good friends out there, man, like, you know, yourself and uh, Scott at OPEX. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of, a lot of people that, uh, I would love to catch up with. So I'll find for sure these soon, man. Yeah. And I know I need to get out to Arizona. I've been out to Arizona in, oh man, it's been a little bit. I can't, I went out there for spring training with my, uh, with my dad a couple years ago, pre COVID stuff. And I did stop by HQ and at least got to work out, but it was prior to, I think it was right before you had, had migrated out there to, to start working at OPEX. And, yeah. and, and so I just missed you when you're out there, but um, yeah. And then the, the rise from, from COO to CEO, man, that's pretty awesome. I don't think I've gotten a chance to officially congratulate you on that. That's, that's freaking cool too, man. Man. Oh yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate That's that. awesome. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to touch on, man? Anything uh, either OPEX related or you, or any, any questions or anything else that you want to chat about, man? No, not really, man. I think uh, I think we about covered it. Um, and we threw a bunch of things out there, right? With like yeah, now and Coach RX and Learn RX and and all of that. Um, you know, if, if your listeners want to check out any of that stuff, that's awesome. If not, that's also awesome. I mean, we just. <laughs> Our goal, man, we just want to move the industry forward, right? Um, and we have a very particular way that we're doing that. And, uh, you know, we're finding more and more coaches and uh, just just humans relating to to our message. And we're not going to yep. change it. Uh, we're not going to change our message. It's going to it's going to evolve over time, but it's not going to change. And uh, it's just awesome to see so many, you know, coaches coming through the system and, uh, you know, seeing those coaches success after they leave the system. Um, I, I think if we if we put up like a montage of like, you know, all of the, all of the coaches and, and uh, just fitness professionals that have gone through CCP in the last decade plus, man, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of impressive names and, you know, those mm-hmm. names are impressive because of what they've done. And you're definitely one of them, man. So I appreciate <laughs> you having me on here and uh, well, thank you. Uh, would, would love to jump on again and, and chat through some other things like uh, some, mm-hmm. some ideology stuff and all that. Yeah. Conversation. For sure. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate the kind words. I think definitely we'll have to find a time in the future, come on and, and pick some specific topics within the within the health and fitness realm to dive a little bit deeper on. Um, I think that would be fun. I'm glad that we got to get some of the base on what y'all are doing um, out there for people. Um, and, and I did like that we got to touch a little bit more on some BLG stuff. And so if people, and, you know, I would go back and re-listen to that section a little bit. And, and if you get anything out of that section, hopefully you know, if there's one thing you get, it's that you probably need 
need to be focusing on those more with your current clients or your patients and, and figuring out how you're going to incorporate that into your practice and your setup. So uh, a great way is kind of like how Carl described, you know, the, the, you know, white, getting the whiteboard out or just talking through, it's like describe your day and start to elaborate on and go a little deeper on some of those pieces. So it, uh, I encourage everybody to go back and listen to that, to that section of the, the episode, man. But again, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy dude. And I appreciate you, you making the time for us, man. And uh, I can't wait to, uh, to hopefully have you back on here in the future, man. Awesome. Appreciate it, buddy. Have a good one. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. And one last thing, if you liked the episode, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. That way we can reach more people. And if you have any questions, a topic that you want us to cover, or maybe a person that you think we should interview, hit us up on Instagram at Better Faster Podcast. You can also keep up with updates on our physical therapy and strength and conditioning businesses by giving us follows at Vertex PT and at Vertex Strength. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week and we'll be back next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.